Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, and welcome to the Smart Tech Check podcast, where we cover all tech topics that are smart home, home automation, security, and especially console gaming related, although we're not going to talk about console games today. I'd love to talk about console games, but that, we'll leave that to another podcast. Uh, today is Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. There is continued discussion around the workplace. Will companies approach and adopt um, fully remote models, or will they have a hybrid approach? Is the office really dead? All these conversations are important to consider as we look ahead to what will a post-COVID workplace look like. Today, I'm speaking with Ranjan Singh, the EVP of Product and Technology for Crestron, for his take on the pillars for workplace success post-COVID-19 and what companies and management teams preparing for a future need to know, and how should they execute on how to ensure business continuity and success. Ranjan, welcome to the podcast. Mark, thank you so much for having me here. It's a real pleasure. Glad that you're here because this is a very, very important topic. And uh, I think your insights will be great. You know, um, Crestron obviously has a long, and I'll even say illustrious, um, uh, you know, reputation in the um, uh, the technology, the smart office, even the smart home uh, space. I think you'll have a tremendous amount of insights to provide the audience with. Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about what will a post-COVID workplace look like from a Crestron perspective. I'm sure you guys have done a lot of thinking about that. Uh, we have, Mark, uh, but uh, to be uh, to be transparent and fair, uh, this is uh, unprecedented times as the word has been overused. Uh, and it's not that Crestron had all the answers or has all the answers because the world is very dynamic and keeps changing. Mm-hmm. But we have spent a fair amount of time uh, speaking with our customers, uh, both direct and indirect customers, trying to understand what are the challenges they face and how do they think about their workplace. Uh, I would start by saying that there is certainly in the news and has been for many months announcements that people can be remote for forever, for until the summer of next year, et cetera. But the reality is that there are many, many enterprises, large ones as well, that are using this as an opportunity to figure out what is the right workplace environment going forward. And as you can imagine, uh, clearly due to COVID, people had to go and work remotely. Almost every company, in fact, I think every company has figured out a way to be successful and keep going forward. But they also have the same sentiment that workplace is not dead. It's not dead by any stretch of the imagination because there is a reason why we have worked in the workplace, why we come and meet and see each other and collaborate. So there are factors, uh, just to give some background, there are always factors that drive people to work away from work, which is remote or from home. And there are factors that people should come to work. And this is a very common sentiment. What are the reasons why people come, should come to work? Collaboration is the most obvious one. Hmm. And you have in-person communications, you have whiteboarding discussions, you know the people. So you develop a social network and a social interaction with those individuals. Those are drivers to come to work. What are the drivers to perhaps work from your most comfortable place? Focus time, uh, work-life balance, Commuting distances, as you can imagine, I live in the Northeast here in New Jersey, and I myself have a very long commute. So many of our customers have understood that this is a new world and there is an opportunity to have a balanced view. And without question, uh, they are taking this as an opportunity to redefine the workplace. Now they took it and they're taking it in three phases, roughly, I would say. Step one is 
there are invariably industries and companies that need to get people into the work. Prestron is one of them. We have manufacturing facilities, we have operations, we do need to build products, ship products, et cetera. So we have to figure out a way to get people into the building. Stage two is, okay, how do we now get some semblance of normalcy with collaboration? And that's trying to look at technologies, et cetera. And that's really where we have done a lot of work into making sure what a hybrid workplace would look like because not everybody's gonna be back in the building. Some people will be in the building, some people in the meeting rooms, open spaces. And stage three is a complete real estate evaluation as to what a space should look like. People need to feel safe. People need to collaborate in person when they come back. So perhaps a more open space with access to technology. So, so the post COVID workplace essentially in summary will look like a hybrid workplace very rich technology deployed in the building to enable that collaboration, to enable that experience, as well as home or remote. You have to have both elements. And, and Ranjit, let me just jump in for a second because I think what's really important about what you just said, you're using the word hybrid, which is a very, very important phrase. You know, now that we, it appears, you know, knock wood, that we'll have a, um, a vaccine at least by the end of the year, you know, assuming all that the Pfizer announcement the other day is accurate, uh, it's not going to be a light switch. I mean, folks are not going to return back to the office. We're not going to instantly um, uh, revert back to February 1st, 2020 from a work engagement standpoint. Many companies are going to approach things in different ways in different phases. And frankly, you know, I think the, the thing that's kind of embedded in your comments, that even once the, uh, the, the, we get past COVID-19, the productivity advantages and the cost savings advantages of, of having people work at, at um work from home, many companies are going to sustain that for a while, or, for, or probably for a long period of time. And there are many, many examples of tech companies that are doing exactly that. They're not going to be ordering people to go back to work, even when, when conditions um, uh, start to uh, get better uh, post-COVID. So that's a very important point that, that you really have to have an approach that's hybrid, that doesn't approach situations in kind of a black and white, you know, uh, light switch type of way. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely, Mark. And, and you're right. Uh, it is, uh, you know, coming to the office or working in the office has to have a purpose. That purpose can be collaboration. That purpose can be the function. You're a hardware engineer or you have some other. And equally importantly, there are certain functions that can be done remotely, perhaps indefinitely. However, those people need to interact. Those people need to collaborate. Mm -hmm. All of us, all of us are in this video call today. All of us uh, you know, but not all of us, I'm sorry, you and me, are, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of we have a webinar going. Uh, my apologies. Uh, you, you and me are on a call today, but typically let's take an example of a webinar. There could be many, many people in it or even a meeting. Everybody is a first-class citizen. That's the experience, the modern experience that Unified Communications has been able to bring, right? If we were to go back, we can't be in a situation where the five people sitting in a meeting room in a building are dominating a conversation or a discussion and the remote participants are not able to participate effectively. We need to ensure, and Crestron's done a lot of work in this arena, we need to ensure that everybody is a first-class participant in that conversation, in that collaboration. And, and, and a lot of kudos to Teams and Zoom and, and others that have enabled this, right? Uh, well, and by the way, I've made that point to many people. Could you imagine what, that we would be, would be would the world would be going through what corporate America would be going through what the United States would be going through if you didn't have these video conferencing tools and the internet to obviously a, a significant degree 
Could you imagine how the, the economy would have uh, been able to operate without those tools in place? So, you know, it, it's, 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 yeah, you, I think you have to really thank uh, whatever religion you operate <laughs> in, whatever God you worship. You know, it's, it's, I think it's been a tremendous um, uh, tailwind for the world that we've had these capabilities in place to help us get through this unprecedented uh, pandemic. Yeah, without question, Mark. And you're right. I actually, I can't imagine a world without it, as I'm sure many of our, many of our audience or listeners can't imagine it. But think about this. Less than 10% of the meeting rooms in the world are not video enabled today. Well, and, we I, are... I, and I want to jump into that. So let, let's talk <laughs> about a few examples of projects that have been successfully able to leverage technology to support all of these needs in a post-COVID and, and, and beyond world. Because I know what you want to you, you got, want to get into, and I think it's absolutely critical. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please go ahead. No, no, you're absolutely right, and, and uh, thank you for that question. Uh, so we we've obviously have a number of customers who've chosen uh, their UC provider, the UC solution, uh, whether it be Teams or Zoom or whatever the case. But really, Crestron, what they've been able to do, so rich products, a food company, they really needed to completely rethink their approach to workplace for exactly the very reason we just mentioned, a hybrid workplace. Uh, employees could be in the building, their associates could be in the building, their associates could be away, but no matter where their location, they needed to have this collaborative experience. And they really, from the ground up, deployed Crestron UC solutions to deliver that very experience that their employees and associates did not have for, for ever before, right? Mm -hmm. So they've had great success and, and, and have been able to uh, enable their associates to either operate from the work, uh, operate from the building or operate remotely. They deployed these UC solutions. Uh, it's that one touch experience. They deployed our scheduling solutions so they can easily see availability of rooms and spaces. And, I, and I'm being very specific in saying spaces because they really went through a design exercise of designing the right space and environment for different types of meetings. They had, they had spaces where people could feel safe and just sit in a cubicle and have a conversation with somebody. They had open collaboration spaces where people could physically distance, but still have that collaborative experience, including with remote participants. So they designed all kinds of spaces and we were able to fulfill the requirements. So that's just one example of a company that adopted like dive headfirst into adopting technology to ensure we deliver the experience that an employee would experience. Uh, Corning is yet another uh, company. Corning, as you know, is big into fiber. Uh, so they were all about, I want to distribute content over fiber. I want to enable communication channels no matter where people are. And they used our uh, NVX uh, product line, which is basically audiovisual over IP to enable for ex just a simple example, to enable their executives to be able to walk into any room and either have a conversation or do a broadcast and presentation or movement of material and content all around their building. And they are really, really rich in, and it was their existing network. So they were able to leverage all the infrastructure investments they had already made with the future in mind. And we were able to come in and just enable that experience for them. So once again, a very video rich and a video collaboration rich environment. The third one is equally interesting, uh, Fishtech, a uh, cybersecurity company, they built a brand new cybersecurity data center that not only was the uh, you know, eyes on glass type, so they were helping their customers manage their environments, looking for cybersecurity threats. So they had video walls and such, 
but also they had spaces built into that very building to enable collaboration and conversation. So people, if they needed to discuss some, some threat or some situation, they could immediately go into a space, they could call and have a collaborative meeting with their, uh, with their colleagues, perhaps who are located in other locations, and they could brainstorm and look into solving problems as the case may be. So these are just three examples where companies have made a significant investment. People may think that these are significant investments and they're thinking about the future too, right? So they're thinking about flexible spaces. They're thinking about how do I ensure that I make this technology investment and it'll be around for a while, right? How do I make sure that I'm not locked in? So all of these facets are obviously hallmark of Crestron products, open systems, remote operations, remote management, ease of deployment. So all of these factors went into these three companies, Rich Foods, uh, Corning, and Fishtech, as, as just as examples of investing in technology, deliver the employee experience that they wanted to, and at the same time, ensure that their investments would mm -hmm. sustain for a long period of time. So, so Roger, Ranjan, let's talk specifically about what Crestron specific perspective is, is on the incremental innovations in the modern workplace that companies need to know as they plan for workplace success post the pandemic. I mean, there's such a plethora of technology and solutions that Crestron has had for several years and, and even more recently, some innovations that you've brought to, to uh, bear and particularly in the video conferencing area, which is what I'm particularly interested in because video conferencing at home now is such a big deal, but certainly at the office as we kind of transition to this brave new world where people are going back to the office. So let's talk a little bit about those incremental uh, innovations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, when I think about that, and when I have a conversation with the customers, uh, rather than speaking to specific products, I start with three or four considerations that, that any customer, uh, any enterprise should be thinking about. Mm -hmm. The first is the modern workplace experience. I talked, we talked about the hybrid workplace. So, you know, we have to think about what a hybrid workplace looks like. What is the design spaces? Uh, they may have had long rows of tables or cubicles, but when people come back into the building, how should the space be structured? How should the meeting spaces be structured? So the first consideration is delivering that expected value, which is a modern workplace experience, and now the one that feels safe, the one that, that people are comfortable with, right? And one that enables this hybrid working environment. So that's step one. And, and we've done a lot of work to enable touchless experience. Clearly, uh, employees are coming into the building. I'm back at Crestron building. I have been coming here for some time. So what are the technology elements that not only deliver the modern workplace experience, but provide a safe working experience? Um, you, you have to think in terms of information. I walk into the building. I know that the building capacity needs to be only 25% or below. So if I get an indication that there's only certain number of employees in a given space, that makes me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, I need to know what are the available spaces. Perhaps we have two or three buildings and I need to walk around, but I can't really walk around and look for a space. I need to have technology in place to tell me what is the right type of space available for the meeting that I'm envisioning. So that's yet another area that, that we have uh, uh, done a lot of work in. Uh, so, uh, the third area is how do you know that in a given space that was designed for seven or eight people, is does not have 10, 15 people in it. So we've implemented technology that, and again, you're not gonna have uh, the notion of a you know, person walking around ensuring adhering, you have to make employees safe. So right. quite, sim quite simply, we have people counting technology available as part of our UC platforms. 
that give you that information. Uh, we don't obviously recognize people, et cetera. It's simply counting people in a space and saying, hey, this space was designed for five people. We have way too many people, uh, perhaps a notification or an alert or a guidance uh, or some drastic measure like shutting off the meeting. Any of those are uh, of possible. Sure. So modern workplace experience is the first piece. Uh, the second piece is, as I just mentioned, less than 10% of the meeting rooms have video technology. Or, or I, I, want to, I really want to make sure you hit that because I'm not sure many people know that because when, they, when, you know, when you, watch, you watch a TV show or a movie, you get the impression <laughs> that every office in every uh, part of corporate America has video conferencing. And that's certainly not true. I mean, in my experience, it, it, the companies I've worked at, you know, that, that's probably less than 10% of the offices in a given in a given building purely because of the cost. And, you, and those rooms, by the way, were always booked. <laughs> you can never get into those rooms. So let's talk a little bit about that in detail. Yeah, so how does a company, like some of the companies that I mentioned, how do they roll out this technology in a short period of time, big investment, and rolling it out globally, or rolling it out in many, many locations? Mm -hmm. No company can afford to have feet on the ground to go into every room and make sure that room is working, right? So you need a model for scalable operations. You need a model that gives you the confidence that you've deployed this technology. Yes, you took the time and effort to deploy a technology once, but after that, you really are operating it like any IT infrastructure, right? That is the expectation. So we've put a lot of effort with our XIO cloud solutions and making sure any piece of technology that we're deploying in a room is remotely configurable, remotely upgradable, remotely manageable, and most important, remotely recoverable, right? Tech, it's technology, it's software, uh, unless there is a complete hardware failure, which is rarely the case. Generally, it's software, malfunctions, et cetera. So you need to be able to recover the rooms. Things will mm -hmm. go wrong, you assume it'll go wrong. So right. this is the second piece of the innovation element where we really have to over-rotate to ensure that, that we have the ability to deploy, operate, and manage technology remotely. So that's a very key consideration. And by the way, it plays a huge role in the total cost of ownership of deploying this technology because the total cost of ownership is not the one-time purchase of the technology and the one-time installation. It's the ongoing management, typically, the hidden costs that are a lot more, that is a lot more than typically the initial deployment. So well, and, I, and, I, and I imagine too that this just popped into my head is that as offices um, transition their real estate footprints over the next two or three years as a result of this, because there's no doubt in my mind that the re real estate requirements for corporate housing, corporate offices is probably gonna morph in some way. And the, the expense of moving a, video a dedicated video conferencing room to another building or to another re real estate uh, location is very expensive. And your mobile workstation approach is a very cost-effective way and uh, to, to really accommodate the changing footprint that's happening in commercial real estate. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. So uh, you make a very good point. Uh, uh, we rolled out Flex AV costs. That's one of the first things that we did uh, from start to finish, uh, literally from concept to launch. It was 30 days uh, at the peak of COVID. Uh, very, very popular solution for exactly the reasons that you mentioned. Not quite sure, and this is we are talking about May, June timeframe of uh, 2020, not quite sure where the world is headed, right? Mm -hmm. And so you really don't, uh, some, in some instances, uh, maybe educational institutions or maybe somebody, as, as I said, stage three, they're reconsidering their real estate investment strategy. They really needed to video collaborate, <laughs> enable some of these spaces. They use those AV cards uh, and we had quite a lot of success with that. 
uh, where customers know that not only can they roll out these carts wherever they need a collaboration environment, but subsequently, if they do decide a fixed space, they literally can use that same solution and deploy it on a fixed level, right? Because these were, these were UC solutions uh, mounted on a mobile platform. And so they really liked that idea, that, in, that investment approach where they, they could have a few uh, mobile carts with UC in, enabled, or UC collaboration enabled, roll them wherever they needed. And if they needed more permanent spaces, they could either order more or just deploy, redeploy these as permanent elements. So that's a very important factor. And thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Ranjit, in, in, in the few minutes that we have left here, I want to kind of, it's a bit of a, you know, uh, fastball down the middle, so to speak, a 75 mile an hour uh, fastball, which means we'll probably hit 500 feet out of the ballpark. Um, but it, it's an important question. And that is, you know, what's your take on what's happening next? Because, you know, the, the, I mean, again, it's anyone's bet how the world is going to really change after this. But from your perspective, because I'm sure there's been a lot of strategic conversations in that area at Crestron because of your heritage and the, uh, the tech, technological know-how that you bring to the market, the way you bring products to the market in terms of your dealer network, which is a completely different discussion, but it's um, certainly a, a, a great uh, supporting element to the Crestron story. What do you see happening next over the next uh, couple of years? Uh a few things. So first of all, the world is moving faster than it has ever before, whether it's technology, whether it's needs, et cetera. So we really focus on our customers driving our roadmap, right? Customers play a very, very important part of a road, a roadmap more than ever so before. And what we need to ensure is that we have the ability to respond to those needs, those market demands, those customer needs. So just thinking about Trestron itself, the thing that we have been very focused on is defining the way we work so that we are responsive to the needs of the market, responsive to the needs of customers. And we put a lot of effort. Uh, I mean, common things you hear about software development is agility and agile software development, but I'm thinking well beyond that. It's thinking about literally how the design ideas are formed, where we gather the input, how do we do so with uh, a great speed and efficiency, and then launch products into the market. So we look at the ways we, we are working, and that's number one. So literally from Prestron, you can expect a lot of innovation in that regard, because customers are driving ideas into our minds. We are thinking about the space going forward. The second really uh, thing is uh, around uh, investment. Our mm -hmm. customers are making large investments. We need to make sure, and we are, have put a lot of effort into ensuring this, that those investment cycles, if, if we new technology, new needs that come into place, work with existing investments, work with uh, existing technology. So there is an element of integration, there is an element of continuity. So when we bring new concepts, new ideas to the market, they work with all the investments that we've made. And we have, not only we, I believe the, everybody in the industry really needs to think about our customers who are making these investments in these tough times, and we need to ensure that investments sustain for another three to five years, right? It can't be that I bring a new piece of technology and expect our customer to just get rid of the old technology deployed new. We have to ensure continuity. And Crestron really has a very rich and long history of, of driving interoperability, ensuring that products we built 20 years ago uh, still work with the new products that we are bringing to the market. And then really the, the last important piece of it is continued innovation. We need to make people comfortable. And in my mind, it's data and business intelligence. Uh, when you walk into the building, there is pieces of technology that are being deployed. There's Crestron hardware, there's Crestron platforms, there's sensors. 
What we are focused on ensuring is data and information that is gathered is presented and readily available to the customer. It's their data. We help them derive business intelligence and make decisions. Data-driven decision-making is probably the, the ideal way of going forward, especially when you're uncertain about the future. So you have to keep looking at the data. And our job is to make sure that the products and services that we deliver help customers derive business intelligence. So three areas of focus, agility and responsiveness to the market, ensuring that the investments that they make have continuity, and then focusing on business intelligence. Well, that's great, Ranj. And I think you, you know, you've done a terrific job of kind of outlining um, the way Crestron looks at this brave new world we're hopefully getting, uh, getting to, getting to the other side of COVID-19. So really, thank you for joining me uh, for today's podcast. For the more insights and strategy audience, please follow us on our social media partners, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And until next time, have a great week. Thank you.